He will glorify the Son. I love the fact that the Holy Spirit glorifies the Son, and the Son does what? He glorifies the Father, and yet they are all one God. I love that. For there are three that bear record and witness, bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, or Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. I don't quite get the Trinity, but I believe it by faith. Amen. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. The Holy Spirit's ministry is revealing Jesus to us to bear testimony of Jesus He uses many different ways and many different gifts to accomplish this, but the purpose is always the same, to reveal Jesus. Jesus explained that the work of the Holy Spirit is to testify and to declare the things of Christ and nothing else. Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 26, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he concludes chapter 16 in the Gospel of John. That's what I want. That's what God wants for you and me. So I'm all in. Are you all in today? Are, are you all in? Are you all in? Be all in. Jump in with both feet and don't look back and give it all to him. Give your heart unreservedly over to him. And I love this. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus said, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And he will glorify me, and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. As we've been going through these, John chapter 4, and even as now we're looking at John chapter 16, I've made a list of some things. And I, I, if you uh, go online tomorrow, you'll be able to see all these slides that I wanted to share with you, so you can review them as you listen to the message again, if you'd like, to take notes or whatever. But there, what was the purpose of the Spirit of God given by Jesus? What was his purpose in coming? Let me just rattle off eight things, at least. And these are things that are corroborated in Scripture. He will teach you all things, in John 14, 26. He will bring to remembrance all things that Jesus has spoken, John 14, 26. Same verse. He will testify of Jesus Christ. Notice, he doesn't testify of a man or a movement or, or, or anything. God doesn't glorify a man. The only one that he glorifies and speaks of is Jesus Christ. He doesn't go, wow, that guy's got a mega church. Wow, that guy's got a church of 15 or 20 or 30. It doesn't matter. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't magnify a man. He magnifies Jesus. Never forget that. If you go to a church and Jesus is not being magnified, do yourself a favor and talk to the pastor. 
And if he won't listen, then you leave. Because you and I, we need this. I don't need a sermonette. I don't need a, a feel-good message that, oh, God loves you. And, you know, even though you messed up, you know, God's going to accept you. Just stay the way you are. It's okay. You can still have that relationship. God knows that love, love is love. God's a God of love. It's okay. I don't care. It's fine. No, it is. It isn't fine. It isn't fine. Because God says that it's not fine. And when he says that it's not fine, I better listen up. (laughs) Right? He will testify of Jesus Christ. And he will also convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. He will guide you into all truth. Certainly the word of God. But I believe that God even does, the spirit of God does even more than that. He guides us into his truth. But I think also the truth, period. Do you know what I'm saying? I think he makes us aware of when we're being bamboozled. Because he wants to help us in this world of deception that we can see the truth of what's really going on. And folks, you and I, the Christian church is, one of the, is the only entity that I know of that has the ability, by God's Spirit working in us, to see through the smoke and the mirrors. And we are, and we're rising up, and we're saying something about it. And we're getting other people to open their eyes too. And it's not even our opinion. These things are very obvious. And they line up with the word of God. So you got everything on your side. God is on our side. Remember that song? Uh, it doesn't matter. So anyway, he will, he will guide you into all truth. And only what he hears the Father speak, he will speak. He will tell you of things to come. Hasn't he been doing that? Didn't he do that in the disciples' life? Isn't it because of their writings, the Apostle Paul specifically, that now we know of things to come? Think about when Jesus said this. The New Testament hadn't even been written yet. And the Holy Spirit would come upon those men, in those men, and they would write things, and they would be given things from the Spirit of God, direct revelation from God. They wrote it down, and Jesus put his stamp of approval on it by even doing miracles to confirm the word that was spoken, and now it's written for us all to see. And aren't you blessed and glad that we have all of this to look at now? We know the big picture. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen in the world. The Lord has told us already. The minutiae of things, I don't know, but the bigger picture, he shows us. I don't know about you, but that settles my heart because I can see those things coming to pass. Is anybody awake? Can anybody see what's happening? Seriously, open your eyes. It's happening, folks. It's happening. Things are cruising along, and they are happening, and it's blowing my mind, I'll be honest with you. And notice he will glorify Jesus. He will glorify the Son. I love the fact that the Holy Spirit glorifies the Son, and the Son does what? He glorifies the Father, and yet they are all one God. I love that. For there are three that bear record of witness, bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, or Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. I don't quite get the Trinity, but I believe it by faith. Amen? All these things, verse 15, the Father has are mine. Therefore I said to you that he will take of mine and declare it to you. He says, a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will, and you will see me because I go to the Father. 
Then some of the disciples said among themselves, What is this that he says, A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while you will see me, and because I go to the Father. And they said, Therefore, What is this that he says, A little while? We do not know what he is saying. And now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, and he said to them, Are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said, A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while you will see me? Most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. Rejoice, and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish. Ladies, do you remember? Sorry, I sound like Porky Pig there. Don't worry, your husband, when he's sleeping on the couch watching the Super Bowl today, he's going to do the same thing. So, except he'll have wing sauce on his around his. Um, Oh my goodness. Where did we go? Where did I go? You guys are blameless. But notice, a woman, when she's... And ladies, you know this. When you're going through labor, oh my goodness, it feels like it's never going to end. But afterwards, the joy that overcomes you. And therefore, you now have sorrow, Jesus says to them, but I will see you again. I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice. And your joy no one will take from you. Now, Verses 16 through 22, you can see that as a whole section. But look at verse 16 again, what he said. A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me, because I go to the Father. There are three different ways that we can look at this. First, a little while, and you will not see me. It may refer to the three days that Jesus was in the tomb. They certainly didn't see him. And then when it says, and again a little while, and you shall see me, this might refer to the joy they had when they saw him on the evening of the resurrection and before his ascension. John chapter 20 tells us that he saw them that that very evening. In in verses, um, excuse me, uh, 19 through 20, he saw them that very evening after he rose from the grave. Secondly, it could also refer to this. When he says, a little while and you will not see me, that could refer to the time between his ascension which was 40 days after his resurrection. It could be that time between his ascension and the day of Pentecost, which was roughly a week later. Seven days. Could be. Could be referring to that. And again, a little while, and you will see me. That may mean when the Spirit of God was poured out on the day of Pentecost, just a week later from then. It could mean that. But I believe, thirdly, is what this probably means. At least I believe so. When he says, a little while and you will not see me, I believe that refers to the time when Jesus ascended to heaven. That period between when he, wrote, when he ascended into heaven up until the rapture, which hasn't even occurred yet, that's yet future to us, hopefully will happen before we finish lunch today. Even before lunch is fine. Now would be a good time. Right? A little while and you will not see me. I believe that's that gap of time between his ascension and when Jesus physically comes to meet us in the clouds and we are caught up to meet him. And and again, a little while and you will see me refers to the time again at the rapture when we will see Jesus face to face along with the disciples because we know that the, the dead in Christ will rise first. Their bodies will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. They will be caught up to meet him in the clouds. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 that we who are alive and remain will be caught up. We'll be harpazoed in the Latin rapio or raptus. We will be raptured 
That's where we get the term rapture. It's from the Latin of harpazo. means to be violently snatched up and changed in the twinkling of an eye. That's what's coming for you and I. And so we will see him face to face. And can you imagine the joy that's on our face? Is there anything, honestly, folks, that, that you want more than that? I don't, there's nothing on this earth. I don't care how great of an event it is. There is nothing that holds a candle to Christ coming for his church. And I believe that the more we dwell and abide in him, you're going to have that same feeling in your heart, and you're like, oh, come quickly, Lord. Yes, he still, has got some, he still wants to save others, but you know what? God will take care of people. But he wants us to be sold out for him and waiting for him and excited about his return. Are you excited about his return for the church? I'm excited. And is it just because I want to escape this putrefied world? Yes. Yes, I'm not ashamed of it. Some people say, well, you Christians are just a bunch of weasels. You know, you just want to escape. And I'm like, well, yeah. You're more than welcome to stay. I mean, the Chinook helicopter may not come over the embassy and rescue you, but you know what? God's got a better plan, and it doesn't require a Chinook helicopter. And you're welcome to come. That's right. (laughs) He's coming for us, and that is so exciting. I love that. And I believe, um, let me see here. And the reason I believe that is because of a verse in John 14. Let me read it to you. John 14, verse 19. Jesus, just a few chapters ago, Still in the upper room. All right, this, he says, A little while longer and, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will, also, you will live also. And at that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. I believe that when Jesus is speaking of that, because if you look at verse 19 of John 14, he says, A little while longer and the world will see me no more. Why is that? Because he would be crucified, and that ultimately he would rise from the grave. Right? They wouldn't see him. He says, But you will see me. And because I live, do you notice the clue there? Because I'm already because at that time I'll be alive, so will you be. He used the same word that Jesus, Jesus' life and his resurrection, we're gonna have the same exact body. A celestial body. As I live after my death, as I live, so will you. And he uses the same word. So I believe that he's speaking. Of the rapture. And then he goes on and he says, And at that day you will know that I am in the Father, and I in you, and and you in me. And that'll be the greatest joy. And in that day you will ask me nothing. And most assuredly I say to you, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And we already looked at that last week. Until now you've asked me nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. And see, we don't know. You won't know until you ask. You know, I'm just silly enough to where when uh, I'll ask the questions. I like to ask questions that nobody likes to ask. And I like to ask things where I'm not really sure the outcome. I'm I'm thinking to myself, you know, they're probably going to say no, but I'm just going to ask. It doesn't cost anything to ask a question, does it? Except pride. It costs an ounce of pride. But, you know, ask. And you may be surprised that you will receive. <laughs> so Jesus, he said, these things I have spoken to you, there's that phrase again that occurs six times. These things Jesus said, I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. 
In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. Because Jesus, he won't need to, they won't need to ask him. They can ask the Father directly. They won't need to ask him. And Jesus, I believe, is speaking about this thousand-year reign of Christ. When Jesus finally comes back at the end to put an end to the tribulation period, when he physically comes down to the earth and we follow him back and he starts his thousand-year reign, the millennial reign of Christ on this earth in Jerusalem, he's going to do that. I believe he's speaking of that. In that day you will ask And I do not say to you that I shall pray to the Father, because he won't need to, because it will all be laid bare right in front of him. And for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world again. Or come into the world. And again, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said to him, See, now you're speaking plainly, and you're using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things, and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. And Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? There's a question mark there. Do you now believe? And I love this, because Jesus affirms to them, guys, I know you love me. I know you believe in me. But notice what he says after this. Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, and has now come that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. And this is interesting because, again, he affirms their belief in him, but he also warns them in advance. Guys, you don't even know your own heart. Does anybody here know their heart? to know how you would respond in a certain circumstance, I've come to find that I know nothing, or I know very little of my real heart, of what I'm really made of. But the circumstances of life, they bring these things out. And then I, the way I respond sometimes surprises me. Because I think, well, I, this is what I, if I would, if that happened to me, I would do this. And then God, in his wonderful grace, and maybe even sense of humor, brings that about in your own life, and you realize, oh, I'm really not all of that. I thought I would do this and that, and I was, you know, I'm like, mm. and God's going, well, what did you do? You fell on the ground and cried like a girl, Rob. You, you cried out like a baby on the ground. You said that you were going to be this great thing. You know, you said that you were going to stand up and do this, and, and then when the time came, you fell, and you're, you got your thumb in your mouth, and you're in the fetal position. What's up with that? Right? But Jesus affirmed their faith, but he also warned them. And of course, that's a prophecy in Zechariah 13, verse 7. And we'll end with this. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is my companion, says the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd, and the shepherd will be scattered, and then I will turn my hand against the little ones. And that's exactly what happened. The shepherd was struck The sheep were scattered, even his own sheep, even his own disciples. When they came, Judas brought the band of men to come and arrest him. What did they all do? They eventually all fled from them. And it was prophesied a few hundred years before that that would happen. So how important is the word of God? There's a lot of warning, there's a lot of things to hear to learn about our own selves. And I love that because it's there for our nurture, for our admonition, for our rebuke, for, for our instruction in righteousness. The Word of God does all these things. And I would encourage you to really um, draw close to the Lord.
And finally, verse 33, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, there's the last phrase, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You're going to have a tough time. And the first century church went through untold things. The burnings at the stake. Think of all the martyrs of the church. You're going to go through some tough times. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. He meant the salvation for man has been paid in full. And have you made that decision today? Is it finished in your heart, in your life? Have you gotten to the point at the end of your rope, after all of your resources have been expended, have you gotten to the point where, you know what, God? I am at the end. I am at the end. And you've got to help me, Lord. And you know what? He responds really greatly to, to true desperation. If you're truly desperate this morning, God wants to respond to you. He's never let me down. He's never let me down, especially those times when I have been truly at my end. When I have been truly at my wit's end and without strength, without anything, and feeling like a failure, and things are coming at me, I can't control, I don't even know what to do. And I say, God, I don't know what to do. Please help me. And every single time, he has helped me, and he'll help you too. Be encouraged. Jesus is coming very soon. Do you believe it? I believe it. And I'm looking forward to seeing him. But until then, folks, can I just implore you in the sweetest way possible, get your account straight before God. Get your heart right before God. Read the word of God daily. Even if you don't understand it and you don't have it all together, just read the word of God. Read it. Get with somebody you can read it. Pray about it. Talk about it. Give yourself over completely. Ask the Spirit of God, Lord, come upon me. Come in me. If, you, if I'm not one of yours, Lord, invade this heart of mine and take over residence and then come upon me to empower me for service in these last days. I need that. We all need that. Do you need that? Let's stand together and let's pray and let's ask him today. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, and we recognize, Lord, just like the disciples, we didn't have it all together and Lord, we, we, we don't even know what to do most of the time, God, but we rely upon you, Jesus. You're the only one. You're the one who saved us, Lord. You're the one who knows the end from the beginning. You are the end in the beginning, Lord. You were there. And Lord, you already know what's coming, and we don't have a clue completely. But Lord, we need strength. We need your spirit to, to rest upon us, to give us the power we need to live in this world, to be solid in you, and to be committed. Lord, would you please do that in the, in the hearts of all of us today? Would you get a hold of us? Get a hold of us, Lord, and help us to abide in you and to love you. Change our hearts, O oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, O oh God. May, it, may I be like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.